0: Welcome to the show, everybody. Ugh, let me just get up in my chair. <laughs> we're both sitting like
1: dads tonight. We both sat down like.
0: Ugh. I don't know why. I don't feel very well. I feel like shitty and kind of achy and not you, good. You coughed through the whole movie. Well, I've my sinuses have been bothering me. All right. I mean, sorry maybe to hear I that. Know, Maybe I got a damn bug. You know? Did I yeah. cough a lot? It wasn't distracting. I just
1: noticed you were you were yes coughing a lot. <sighs> Um, Folks, right up front, the question on everybody's lips, uh, we're doing Star Wars colon The Last Jedi, and there will be spoilers. And this is a movie where I know people definitely don't want spoilers, so don't listen to this until you've seen Star Wars The Last Jedi. Uh, hopefully, you guys got tickets and we'll see it this weekend. If not, just be patient. Just be patient. Yeah. Uh, or, or listen up till the time we start discussing the movie um and we'll say hey we're gonna start talking about the movie
0: yeah um, I, you know but a little discipline wouldn't kill you
1: no no um and everybody I, I i really been loving the facebook forum lately i get on there at night it's a good way to go to bed happy everybody takes care of each other they discuss which episodes have spoilers which don't i as i i always ask for them, but i want even more of like the uh, the transcriptions I, I love reading them they're hilarious and Somebody like cited his top five favorite moments the other day, and I remembered one of the five, which was very troubling <laughs> because it's just you and me talking. But we've done
0: a lot of hours of this material. What were the uh, What were the top five moments?
1: Well, see, let's see if you remember any better than I do. I'll bring them up. But, uh
0: yeah, because I'm pulling up right now, pulling up our patron li- uh, list on Patreon because we, uh, we got to do shout-outs this week. I know we're a little out of order. We might have done them two weeks in a row or something but uh we yeah, had, to, we, we had to kind of back record we're going out of town so there might be a little lot of order. yeah in fact this is the last thing we record before i leave even though it's not the last episode by far joe is
1: uh joining the navy which i think is great and i support fully um i think we all know comedy wasn't quite working out right um but i, I wish you the best and uh you know semper fly as they say. I don't know what that means.
0: Um, It means means you'd be so you know what I found out it means? Blow it out your ass, it means. Really?
1: Yeah. I I can't believe that's... I was shocked. Not a great message for our armed forces to be sending, but um, the guy, I'm sure this isn't his name, but it says Mick Mack. And it's not his favorite, but he said, here are some of the podcast moments I reference daily that nobody gets, which then makes me cackle with laughter. This one I remember. He's my Rob Thomas of the Rob Thomas uh, interview that you cited. Yeah, I remember that. Then are you boys in the band? Are you a good band? No, no recollection I- of that. No idea. Uh shut your dirty mouth, you pig person, I assume was said to me at at <laughs> least one point. Get me Michael Lerner, I vaguely recall uh <laughs> I saying myself at one point, get me Michael Lerner. No cups in my room. Astounding. Not a one. Oh, I think that might have been the girl who knocked over the cup in my bedroom on my laptop. I think. I, I don't know what else that would be. But why would... But then there was a cup in my room. Maybe I was saying n- I never have cups in my room. The one time I had a cup in my room, she knocked it over. Oh, okay. It's kinda, we're essentially like Memento, except we don't have amnesia. We're just <laughs> uh, slowly decaying in our <laughs> brains. This one says, make it dangerous. Give me a hot broth and i laugh but i have no idea what that means that sounds like that sounds like something you would say that sounds like something i would say yeah. i guess we were discussing soups yeah uh and then can you put it on a tapestry again
0: that sounds like something you would say
1: yeah now my one i definitely remembered in the comments here that I, really made me laugh cuz i this was very recent me and my flower calendar are going to atlantic city remember nope. <laughs> you were talking about that flower calendar and they were like don't don't take the freebie and run oh the uh the that thing, was a very funny the bit. thing from like the, yeah
0: the children's charity or yeah. whatever yeah
1: see i actually quality <laughs> control listened to each episode before it post joe's never listened to one of these so you know I, I understand why you don't remember i'm couldn't tell you couldn't tell you what's this show about
0: uh <laughs> i'm coughing again
1: um you're gonna be in a coffin folks uh let's get on with the show and in doing so, get on with the Josie's on a vacation far away. Wow.
0: Right? That was really good.
1: And I didn't even think
0: about that. You didn't? No. See, I think that's it's it's like anything. When you don't think, when you just go with it, yeah. as Jennifer Aniston once did in a film. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> terrible, terrible film. I didn't see it. In fact, I lost. I was on Doug Love's movies the other night, I and I lost on... Reese Withers, it was you had to guess Reese Witherspoon movies I got we got way down the list man I was in like the bottom She's, is she in just go with it I thought she was no. that's what I lost oh, okay. on I had to use Jack the bear real early because I was fucking oh, yeah. blanking man I was blanking on her movies Jack the Bear's good yeah and I had to pull out that deep cut way early uh did you meet my buddy Demi uh yes Demi's a nice guy He's
1: a nice guy. He's, he's uh, a brilliant joke writer and the best the best follow on Twitter in my. He's opinion. very good. Electro he's Lemon is his name on Twitter, and he used to be the best guy on Vine. And he's on Gilmore guys or was he was one of the Gilmore guys who held me hostage for four hours yeah. that fateful night. Does he write on your show? He doesn't. I uh, I met him through Vine, and I, I just think he's a hilarious writer, and he's like twenty two, which is he's very a good dude.
0: Oh, that's right. I remember you introducing me to him at uh, the Christmas party the Virgil one year. Yeah, he's been to a couple
1: parties at my mm-hmm. house and such. Yeah, um, nice kid. Oh yeah, that's right. Nice. He was at your house. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 he's very funny, um, folks. We're going to be discussing the Last Jedi, and I think we we're probably going to have a lot to say. So why beat around the bush? And there will be spoilers. Let's get to Pat's movie corner.
0: I mean, you want to run right in. You're not worried that I might be sick and dying over here? Not in the slightest, no. All right. Fair enough. Uh,
1: Give it to me. Give me the corner. Holy shit. What? What's the matter? What's the matter, Pat? Oh, no, nothing. Okay. What happened? just got a, a briefly troubling email that is now not troubling.
0: All right. I um, thought maybe you had an Amber Alert on your phone. No. <laughs> that, that had uh, your name in it. Yeah,
1: Pat Walsh has kidnapped a kid. Um, so I we're, we're still agreeing we're going to do Shape of Water in the future. You plan on seeing that? I do plan on seeing it. All right. I'll save that. Frankly, I'm peeved. You've seen it already. Yeah. Well, now I, I got to go alone. much to say about that movie um Here's what I saw, folks. I saw iTanya. I Tanya. still haven't watched it. I have a screener. I still haven't I got the it. screener as well. These are all Oscar screeners. Some, I hear it's phenomenal. Some deserving, some not. iTanya, folks, is one of my favorites of the year. That's the story of Tanya
0: Harding. Margo Robbie. 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 Is you make sure uh, that doesn't fall. The con's going to push that off the thing and it's going to break. Con, stop. There Margot Robbie
1: is awesome as Tanya Harding. Sebastian something as great as Jeff Galulli. Sebastian Bach from Skid Row. It's Sebastian Bach. Okay. Actually, it was Sebastian the Crab from The Little Mermaid, <laughs> I'll who tell I you hadn't this.
0: seen in a picture since, since LM. Sebastian Bach shows up frequently in the Trailer Park Boys. Really? And it is delightful every time. There's, I always loved him. He's very funny. There's an episode where they're in Europe and, like, from off camera you hear what the fuck and the camera pans over to sebastian buck on a boat in the like canal thing okay he's like let's party man <laughs> it's it's he's very funny in it
1: yeah he was always funny on uh you know those like vh1 clip shows yeah. he always said he was as funny as the comedians yeah. and in some cases funnier folks um anyway everybody's great in i tanya Weirdly, it is a Goodfellas ripoff to some degree, but a lot of movies post-Goodfellas are. But <laughs> a lot
0: of freeze frame with her
1: voiceover. That's exactly right. It's, oh, uh, right. it's very influenced. The soundtrack is wall-to-wall, 80s hits. All right. Um, the only time it started to kind of bug me was, I didn't realize, you'll realize as soon as you start watching this movie, that Tanya Harding was constantly being savagely beaten by Jeff Galluli. Oh, I didn't know that. So I had seen her 30 by 30, 30 for 30, and it touched on the darkness, but didn't go this deep. So they show that in this? Yeah. But But, it's so this is not a flat out comedy Then it's uh, the only way to describe it is as a a very dark comedy. But it it is it always goes for jokes. And apparently to avoid lawsuits, they went between Tanya Harding's retelling and Galuli's retelling and they go they switch points of view. I came away believing only Tanya
0: Harding. Okay. but um, So it's almost like the uh, the Deep Throat movie that that's they right. did. Yeah. Inside Deep Throat. <laughs> well, um, that was the documentary, but then they made the movie about-
1: Oh, Lovelace. Lovelace. Yeah. yeah.
0: Where it was two perspectives.
1: Yeah. What I found a little troubling, and I would imagine uh, people might have an issue with this as well, is like Galulia will, will smash Tanya Harding's face into a mirror, let's say-
0: and there's, this and but there's jokes around the mirror. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is troubling.
1: So All he'll right. bash her head into the mirror and then like while her head is bashed in the mirror, she looks in the camera and then not narration. Her head, which is now being bashed in the mirror, is like So then this started happening again. Wow, and so they're breaking the fourth wall even. They're breaking the fourth they're doing like the you know, but they save that to the last twenty minutes at Goodfellas when Leota comes off the stand and arguably the most exciting moment in movie history. <laughs> it's not even 20 minutes. You're
0: talking the last 90 last, seconds. Yeah, well, it's near the end. That's it correct. cuts right to the him in
1: the suburbs after that. Yeah. Um, this, this does it a lot. There's a lot of fourth wall breaking, and there's a lot of uh, documentary interview footage with recreated by these people, and it's supposed to be real quotes. Who plays Kerrigan in it? Kerrigan has one line, which is like why, basically, holding her knee. This shit, my mom was super into figure skating. Um, and i would i was real into this for some reason the story i know oh. remembered a lot of shit about it me too but uh the two best performances in the movie are the fat guy who actually or the guy who thinks that he's like a masked criminal mastermind the guy who orchestrated the hit on harrigan right. sean whatever eckhart who is now dead um this the guy i don't know if this guy is just dumb and and doing it or if he's the best at playing dumb i've ever seen okay but he is like hilariously funny for the entire movie until he gets of course very sad um but the best performance in the movie and maybe of the year is miss allison janney as Uh. tanya harding's mom the perhaps the worst mom i've ever seen a movie wow. a horrible horrible mother all right uh and Allison janney is real real funny in this movie and also terrible
0: she's also she's always very funny i love her she's, she's one of the very best actors there is uh all right. right well i'll check out the screener i have it i just haven't watched it yet
1: it's a good it's a good picture and it's a way funnier comedy than most movies that are trying to be straight up comedy
0: sure well yeah uh the uh i i saw uh The Trip to Spain, the third installment in the Trip series. Can't wait to watch it this weekend. Love the other two. Walk me through it. I loved it. I won't say much. It's par for the course. You know, it's it's a trip movie. They don't deviate that much. They do add a new layer of something, which is nice. They add these like sort of surreal dream sequences that Steve Coogan is having that help break up the monotony of what you've already seen. Okay. In the other two films, and also add a a, a a very funny but also very sinister layer to it. Uh, it's great. I liked it better than the trip to Italy. I felt that they were rehashing less jokes. Sure, trip to Italy. They were sort of doing the Austin Powers thing where they were like returning to bits. Right. They didn't do that in this one. I don't think they even do Michael Caine in this one. Wow. Uh, but it's loaded with impressions. Yeah. Uh, the centerpiece impression in this film. Is a dueling Mick Jagger that they do throughout the movie. Okay. And I was crying from it. It was, it was. All right. Sti- cause, cause, cause uh, Rob, um, what's his face? Rob. Uh, Bryden. Bryden does like a more traditional Mick Jagger. And then Coogan's is all like 1980s. Sure satisfaction and he's clapping and everything it's it's really fucking funny man mike myers used to do a great mick jagger it's coogan's is very mick Jagger. It sounds very like it, myers. With the clapping it sounds like yeah it's absurd it's really really funny
1: why do you think that it was so shat on like the the first two trips got these amazing reviews and then the third one was i saw like d's
0: I mean, because it's the same movie again. There's no juice left in the tank. Right. I mean, it's three movies of the same movie, but I, I like all of them. And I yeah. think that this one, in my opinion, was more entertaining than the second one was. Okay. I, I think also, those two guys
1: are just so delightful.
0: I didn't like in the second one that Rob Brydon cheated on his wife. I didn't, I didn't sure. believe it. And I thought it took that character to a place I didn't want that character to go to. Yeah, I got you. And this one is a little more in consistency with the first film where Coogan is the guy that's a little more hungry for fame and whatever. And Bryden is back to being like a family man again.
1: Yeah. I like when Coogan plays like the, the narcissistic idiot.
0: Yeah. There's, well, there's a really funny line where he talks about, uh, they talk about performing for like the queen or something. I, I, I care. Some, somebody, you know, somebody uh, along those lines. And, uh, like Coogan's kind of going on about what he would do, and Rob Braden goes, you would do Alan Partridge. That's what you'd do. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you'd walk out on that stage, and you know what I'd love? If a sniper just took you out, right <laughs> as you said, aha. Uh-huh. I was like, that's such that's such a thing comedians would say to each other. <laughs> sure, uh, And then they act out him dying for a while. It's very funny. I enjoyed the film. I can't
1: wait to watch it. it um, you know, all three of those movies come from, like, three hour versions like six half hour parts that they edit down to the best stuff and i would love to see the whole thing because
0: i always want those movies to be longer well the first one was aired as a tv show i don't know if they aired the second two as tv shows or not but uh i don't know anyway pat i'm gonna i'm gonna do a few
1: quick hits here because i saw some real turds uh film stars die in liverpool what this was a screener sent to me. Or, not actually, this might have been my buddy who's in the Actors Guild. It's Annette Benning and Jamie Bell, who played Billy Elliot. And here is the movie Annette Benning plays Gloria Graham, a, a very minor actress from the 30s, 40s, 50s. She played the town skank in uh, It's a Wonderful Life,
0: <laughs> who's always like, George Bailey, want to come up and that's, go down on and me? That's how she's building the credits. <laughs> this town, town skank. skank. Yeah. Played by... George Bailey
1: want to sit on my face
0: um but anyway <laughs> I it, don't remember there being a town skank, but no she is I'm just not remember it his
1: Mary uh, Mary his uh wife yeah she's the main like <sighs> okay and Stuart's clearly like horny for her but she th- briefly threatens the two of them getting together uh anyway the movie is this Gloria Graham is now washed up she's Annette Benning who is still beautiful of course but, um, you know, she's in her 50s and living in an apartment, and she runs into Jamie Bell, the, this young, handsome British guy, and they fall in love. And then for the entire movie, she slowly dies. I don't know how many movies they have made where somebody slowly dies. They are only made to get somebody an Oscar nomination. Right. Who wants to watch this? Right. She she die At one point, Like the sex is getting kind of hot and heavy, and you're like, okay. And he pulls her shirt down, and for the first time that I can recall, you see Annette Benning's tit. And I'm oh, like, really? Boy, I don't think I've ever seen Annette Benning's tit. And as he moves his hand down it, we see there's a giant breast cancer scar on it. Oh, my God. I'm like, You know what? Why am I watching this? <laughs> Annette Benning was good in it. It's a very boring movie. But um, it's a character scar, it's not Annette Benning's scar. Exactly, yeah. Well, I would hope. Jesus. And then, you know, she becomes like assimilated into this guy's family. They judge him for having like a 35 year old year older girlfriend. But then bit by bit, she becomes a part of the family. It's just like, who gives a shit? Who wanted a Gloria Graham biopic? And
0: if you're going to give me one of these young guy falls in love with an older woman thing... And she's an ange- she's an old ingenue. I want her to be like a boozy old Joan Crawford type. That's exactly right. Throwing glasses at his head. You don't fucking respect me. <laughs> well, there's some of that. There's some of that. Yeah, that's all I want. Man.
1: There's a lot of like, she's like, I want to play Juliet in Romeo and Juliet. And he's like, but you're old. And then she, you know, there is some drink throwing. But right. it's not fun, like the feud that uh, Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. Show. It's not fun at all. Okay. Um, Marjorie Prime. I'll be real brief with. And is this a Transformers film? <laughs> it's Optimus's granddaughter, <laughs> Marjorie. Uh, Marjorie is this woman. I th- I believe they were pitching her for Best Actress. She won't get nominated either. She's this woman you've seen in a million things. I don't know her name. Uh, John Hamm is in it. And uh, Tim Robbins, who has gained 60 pounds and nearly lost his hair. Uh, and then, so Tim Robbins is like a, a husky guy now, big big guy. And then Gina Davis, who still looks like Long Kiss Goodnight, Gina Davis. And the movie is John Hamm is playing a robot. <laughs> uh, oh, Jesus Christ, he's a vert. And this movie, this movie, I finally was like, Am I just watching a play? They sit in two rooms the entire time. They never go out of them. Um, and it's this old woman. The opening scene is this old woman talking to John Hamm who is a robot version of her husband when he was in his prime.
0: Oh, my God.
1: <sighs> they talk for 25 minutes before there's even like a cutaway to another scene. um, And then, you know, it becomes kind of a who's a robot type thing. It played like a Hallmark Hall of Fame episode of Black Mirror. Like- okay. It was trying to kind of say something, but it was done in this, like, just drab, boring,
0: lifeless, no energy to it style. Now again, I'll give my input. You, you want to make a movie like that? Here's how you make it. You want to make a who's who is the robot type of deal? Make it a farce. A lot of doors yes. opening and closing. People are coming in. <laughs> yes. Robot forgets his human skin yeah has to run the like, why,
1: why are you looking at me so strange and they cut <coughs> over and he's just got all the, sh- the circuits visible and his face is gone <laughs> that's funny
0: whoa catch some <laughs> s- his own reflection yeah um yeah, yeah. do it like that not great um you got one joe you got another i have two more well go ahead i finally cracked open this silent night deadly night parts three four and five whoo you watched them all I only got halfway through three. It was the third one I watched. I watched them backwards. I started with five. Then well, now to five to me looks to be absolutely insane. I'd love to hear about it. five. Uh, look, I'll start with five. Five was, in my humble opinion, a masterpiece. Mm. Uh, it is a one of the most batshit movies I have ever seen in my life. And not like the room where you're like, this is so bad, it's good. Right? It is batshit where I'm like. They were really, they really thought they were onto something here and the decisions are insane. Mickey Rooney, who was a vocal, yes, uh, anti, the original silent, Yeah, condemn the first film, uh, stars in the final film of the
1: series. The rare Uh, Hollywood actor who (laughs) takes an angry stand against something then immediately goes against it when a check is dangled
0: in front of his face.
1: You never see that out here.
0: Uh, Now, it's called Silent Night, Deadly Night 5, The Toymaker. As you may have guessed, Mickey Rooney is the Toymaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, take, take a wild guess what his name is in the movie.
1: Will I guess it? No. Okay, then let me, let me just hear it. Joe
0: Pedo. <sighs> <laughs> All right. Joe Pedo. Okay, that's so that's 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 your starting point. Yeah, that's where we're starting in this film. Uh, It's about uh, these toys are getting into houses and the toys look innocent and then they kill people in the house, mainly the kids, uh, or at least they're aimed towards the kids. Uh, Then it's a well, who's doing this? Is this nice old toy maker doing it? Yeah. Uh, Or is it his weird son? Or is it this other like sort of drifter guy that for some reason keeps buying toys Anyway, eventually you find out they make it look like it's Mickey Rooney. It's not him. Spoiler alert, folks. Yeah. It is his weird son. The reason the drifter has toys is because he's trying to track this guy and stop what he's doing and figure out how these devices work, I guess. Uh, And uh, in the final moments of the film, in the climactic sequence... Uh, the main character's uh, son uh, is kidnapped and they go to rescue him from the toy maker. And then when they get there, they see Mickey Rooney's dead. And then it's revealed that it's his son doing all the foul play. And then it's revealed that his son is a robot that he created. Okay. So then you go full circle with the whole Pinocchio, joke. his Petto name thing. Rob Bot. No. Okay. Uh, and Best it's, opportunity. And it's not. Uh, it's also not Pete O'Keo. You know what I mean? It's not sure. like they don't. They don't. They're, they 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 had the taste to stop at Joe Pedo, right? Uh, and then they have to fight a robot in the last like ten minutes of the goddamn. It's fucking bad shit. Now the only scene I saw
1: from it appeared to be a nutcracker raping a woman. Is that in there? <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's, uh, I don't know if there's a scene where two people are fucking and then this, these toys come in and attack the couple. I don't remember a nutcracker raping a woman, but I mean, I gotta be honest with you, Pat. There's a couple times I stepped out of the room. I didn't feel like I needed to.
1: (laughs) No, the the only scene I saw because somebody was talking about how it was was a notorious scene was like a nutcracker removing his lack of genitals and then he was like raping the woman.
0: Well, horrific. no, no. Well, wh- here's what happens at the end. The robot boy, yeah, is naked and he's anatomically incorrect, like a Ken doll, right? And he wants the woman whose son he kidnapped. He wants her to be his mom, but he's a robot, so he doesn't know what what that means. Uh-huh. So he forces the woman down onto a a, a workbench, and he's like simulating like fucking her, but he can't fuck her because he has no dick. And he's now- going. And Joe, he's going he's going I I'll be your son mommy oh I love God. you mommy it's disturbing
1: and then uh now, let me just stop you right there Joe. Yeah. When I said isn't there a scene where a
0: nutcracker <laughs> rapes a woman? He's not
1: a nutcracker. You didn't think maybe Pat means this scene? <laughs>
0: he's not a- this is like the end of Jackie Brown. Wait a minute. You saw the bail bondsman and you didn't think? Yeah. The uh, No, it's he's not a nutcracker. When you said nutcracker, I pictured a big wooden. All right. Well, I was wrong. Uh, Uncle Sam looking thing. Right. But anyway, uh, let me just tell you the best line in the movie. They keep doing cutaways to his, you know, no dick region. Yeah. And uh, the, the woman goes, y- your father made you and uh and he goes yes he could make anything and then he looks down camera tilts down to another close up of the lack of penis uh-huh. tilts back up and the guy goes well almost anything oh my god <laughs> <laughs> that's the last scene that well no that's before he says i i i love wow. you mommy as he like simulates like air humping her and then they kill them Who and then make the, the smut. It's it's just it's a real shit show. Yeah. I mean, and here's the thing it's more goddamn offensive than the first movie that Mickey Rooney uh, right. lambasted. Right. So there you go.
1: All right. Um it sounds great. I'd love to see it. Uh Hostiles, Christian Bale. I told you I watched 20 minutes fell asleep, thirty fell asleep, forty fell asleep. Oh, actually. No, I talk about hostels on a future episode, and we're going to get them out of order. But I finished Hostiles, and when you hear me talk about it on that future episode, I wound up being a little too harsh when I watched it and stayed awake for the entire running time. It is a boring Western, but eventually it becomes kind of interesting, and Christian Bale's good in it. It's a, it's a Western, and they're too rare. I was too hard in it, but it is way too slow.
0: I find that all Westerns are at least kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, I like I like a Western. You know? Um I watched
0: The Florida Project. I've never I've never heard of one of these goddamn movies. What Florida is the Project, Florida Project? Florida
1: Project is winning Willem Dafoe a lot of awards and we'll probably get him an Oscar nomination. But it's the guy who made Tangerine, which I loved. Which never on saw Netflix. It. The whole movie shot on iPhone. It looks incredible. It's a very funny, and interesting movie. It's the same guy. Florida Project is in a basically a Florida uh project a uh, a uh, uh a building that has a lot of cheap apartments. Okay. Willem Dafoe is the manager and you focus on like three little kids and their bad parents, like the woman's mom or the little girl's mom. Little girl's incredible. And her mom's like
0: turning tricks in the room with her daughter in the room and now does re- this turn into like a super the super with Joe Pesci where <laughs> William Dafoe has to live in his own building kind no, of a thing?
1: A sentence by a judge to live in his own <laughs> building is the plot of the super. <laughs> Um, But uh, the Florida Project is a It was a beautiful to look at movie Willem Dafoe deserves the accolades he's getting He's excellent in it as like the
0: rare, normal, likable He's the most normal guy in the movie I mean, you don't see that a lot One of my favorite uh, Dennis Miller jokes ever was uh, He goes, watched Autofocus yeah. Willem Dafoe, creepy huh? Willem Dafoe looks like Christopher Walken Before you add water <laughs> All right, that's decent. It's a funny joke. I hate Dennis
1: Miller. It's hard to laugh at him. You talk oh, about Dennis I Miller like a lot. I don't like his politics,
0: days. but I I can't take away that the guy is a very fu- he's a yeah. very funny joke writer. Um, I watched an episode of News Radio the other
1: day where Dennis Miller comes in and he's like a serial killer who's obsessed with Phil Hartman. Right. And he has like three lines and he's out and when I listened to the commentary on it, they were like yeah, we just all thought he was a real asshole, so we just kind of wrote him out of the show. Yeah,
0: people do not like him. Apparently. Yeah, like we cut his whole part. We hated him. Yeah, people do not like him. It's a shame because he makes me laugh. Yeah, I wrote a uh, I wrote a good Dennis Miller style joke the other day. Ready for this? I'm ready. Here it is. Do you folks people see Roy Moore riding a horse in to vote? <laughs> you know, I mean, call me crass, people, but you think a guy that has such a propensity for young chicks would have rode a fucking pony? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good, it's a good Dennis Miller joke. I liked it. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead.
1: I liked it. Thank um, you. See the see the Florida project. It's great. It's great kid actors, and it's uh, an interesting. I like when when movies show me a, a slice of life I, I don't see. It's, All right. It shows how people you know well. on the fringes of society. There's an amazing scene where this old guy who's clearly a child molester comes up and starts talking to the kids and defoe comes out and like it's it's no spoiler it's a very episodic movie there's there's these quick 2 minute vignettes throughout whatever. but he comes out and he's like hey man are you okay and he's like yeah and he's like uh what are you homeless and he's like yeah i'm just trying to get a soda and the whole thing's like real unsettling and creepy and he's like well let me get you a soda he goes but you know soda doesn't really quench your thirst you should be drinking water or whatever and he goes all the way back and gets him some water and he's taking care of him or whatever and then they Walk out, and he's like, well, well, we'll get you back on your feet. Don't worry about it. And then just starts screaming at me. He goes, "And never come the fuck back here again. You're trying to fuck these kids. Like, it was insane. Oh, but right, I love it. All right. All right. It. The movie's full of, like, cool little
0: scenes and moments. It's very dark, and I liked it. Okay. Uh, well, speaking of dark and yeah. cool scenes and slices of life you never get to see, I also watched Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 4. Go on. Initiation.
1: What? What? Oh, initiating a new Santa? Or or that's the
0: name of the movie. That's the sub. Right. Whatever. But who's getting initiated? Well, I'm going to tell you, Pat. Give me a second. Taking long enough. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Pat, what do you think when you hear that title? That franchise. You think Christmas horror? Correct. Correct. Silent Night, Deadly Night four. Maybe just to throw the view the, the the fans of the franchise off base. Centers around a Jewish woman. Not a lick of Christmas in the movie. Right. Except for one scene where she goes to her boyfriend's house, who is Catholic, and there's a Christmas tree. And they talk about Hanukkah and Christmas. And the, the, the main character, the woman, goes, uh, She goes, You know, Hanukkah, Christmas, they're the same thing. It's just how different people celebrate a different time of, or the same time of year. And then the dad goes, That's bullshit! Whoa. <laughs> really gets really angry. Really, really angry. That's the only part that's Christmassy in the whole movie. Uh, how, do you, how do they do that? It was it's very the, obvious there was a horror movie script called Initiation. They got yeah, okay. the rights to it and they were like, Let's just call it put Silent Night, Deadly Night oh, okay. on it, and then people will want to see it.
1: Anyway. But like the thing that makes the the horror mo the horror world is so clogged up with thousands and thousands of movies. The only thing that sets you apart is a Christmas setting.
0: Yeah. No. No, it's 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 shot in LA. They say it's Christmas once or twice, but they oh, don't okay. show any Christmas shit. All right. Uh, they uh. So here's the plot of the movie. At the beginning of the movie, a woman uh, falls from a rooftop on fire. Go on. She hits the ground. She's dead, and her body burns up. Uh, enter Clint Howard, Ron Howard's there younger brother. Go. Yeah, who's also in Part Five. He's the connective tissue of the Okay Silent Night Deadly Night universe. Apparently.
1: Anyway, Can you imagine the shame at like Thanksgiving. When Clint, Clint and Ron have to trade stories of what their year looked like, yeah, I,
0: what they were <laughs> up to. Well, and this is right around what, what's Ronnie Howard doing in 1990? I mean, he's he's established at this point. Of this, is well this, past, is, this is well past. This is backdraft.
1: This is parenthood, which had made like $100 yeah. million. <laughs> yeah, Clint's like, I was in a
0: silent night, deadly night initiation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, here's the plot. Uh, the main character is a female reporter. And I'm only saying female because they make gender a big... It's a weird sort of feminist piece, the okay. film. And uh, now you
1: often refer to women as weird feminist pieces. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well,
0: that's how I was brought up. Right. I don't know what to tell you. Right. Uh, but anyway, she's a reporter. She wants to write a story on this uh, woman whose corpse was found burnt to a crisp Because clearly... And this is established within the first five minutes. Clearly, this was a spontaneous combustion. Oh, come on. This is it. This is it. And she goes to her paper that's all men, and they're like, get out of here, you, you little lady. You can't right. go Go get me some coffee. That's literally a line in the movie. She's like, yeah. just make us some coffee. And then she finds a group of women as she's researching the story behind her boss's back who are very pro woman, but then they turn out to be witches. Oh, that was. <laughs> All right. I forgot to mute the TV. That was the little thing. Oh, okay. We were, if for those of you that just might have heard that, you know, we have the little tag at the end. That was a headcome podcast. Yeah, and uh, it's it's we recorded past it, so it just played through the TV. All right, doesn't matter. Anyway, she goes and and so then she joins up with these with these women who are supposed to empower her, but then they're just witches, and then they're trying to just make her evil. Uh, and then they were trying to fuck her too, so this this lady's got nowhere to go, nowhere to go. The witches try to fuck her. Yeah, it's a very sexual, like kind of lesbian snake, okay, witch affair. You know, okay. it's not an old haggy witch kind of thing, right? It's more of a like a you know like a uh, like a uh, siren-y, yeah, you know, filth. Kind of Peggy Bundy kind of vibe. You know what I mean?
1: Four rooms segment. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh,
0: So uh, anyway, um, so I don't know. Then she becomes a witch and then (laughs) they tell her she's going to burn on fire if she doesn't kill a young boy because all men are evil and then she doesn't want to kill the young boy and then they... and she kills the main witch. And then she burns up. Any I don't fucking remember. It was a fucking shit show. I mean these these movies are bad shit. Right? They're bad shit. They don't. They, it's they don't make any goddamn sense.
1: I mean one and two made sense, at least in the construct of those
0: movies. One and t- one makes sense. Two, the first forty five minutes of two is them just re showing a truncated version of one.
1: Yeah. I may not have seen two. I think I only. Two,
0: saw one. Th- these movies are crazy. Then the third one, which I'm watching now, and I'll wait to review it which seems to be possibly the best one, quality-wise at least, or at least from an acting standpoint, is even fucking nuttier than the two I talked about tonight.
1: I can't even believe that would be possible, but I'd love to hear about it.
0: Well, I'll tell you about it after I see it, but I'm starting to love the franchise based on how batshit it is. Yeah, Uh, It's it's nuts. It's nuts. Uh, And it's got Clint Howard, which... I've never seen him in anything except these two movies. He is great
1: as the asshole coach in Parenthood.
0: Oh, so he's in Parent. So so Ronnie's tossing him some bones. He t- oh, he, Ron Howard had a little part in Apollo 13. He tosses him bones, yes. All right, because he's also in Solo, the Han Solo movie. Really? Oh, yeah, that For Ron Howard. Howard directed. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Which yeah, is I think probably going to be terrible. He but- at
1: least gives him a small part in each. All right. Um. And then the last picture I saw, and what better way to bring it up than on this podcast, was the hero with Mister Sam Elliott, which was also for my consideration.
0: He's also getting a lot of uh, buzz about this film. He uh, and to me it looks like if there was a, it looks like a Hallmark Channel movie. The poster is that's absurd. Ex- that's
1: exactly what it is. It's a Hallmark Channel movie. It's Sam Elliott. Uh, being as as good as he's been in everything else before, I think this is maybe uh, one of his biggest roles is maybe why he's getting the talk. And maybe they're worried about him dying or something. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's the most standard story. He plays a, a voiceover guy. So at the beginning, you get the treat of him going like uh, Merlin barbecue sauce. <laughs> and they go, could you do it one more time? And he goes, sure. Merlin barbecue sauce. And they keep making him do it over and over. Um, He's a voiceover guy. Then he goes over to Nick Offerman's house. They smoke like 10 joints together. And then he's like, you should really go talk to your daughter.
0: Who's Nick Offerman again? Is that the Brooks and Ron Swanson. But we're like a
1: half hour in, and it's like Sam Elliott smoking weed and thinking about how he might want to talk to his daughter. Then uh, he has a lengthy love story, folks. And uh, by the way, Sam Elliott is nearly 80 years old. A lengthy love story with Laura Prepon (laughs) from that 70s show, (laughs) who I believe is my age. She comes over to Offerman's to buy weed, sees Elliott, sees Sam Elliott sitting on the couch and she's like, who's this?
0: Ching 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 ching! You're the cash <laughs> registers go off. Yeah,
1: this is uh, this is that is absurd. They have a full on romance. Uh, hey, uh,
0: I liked you on that uh, sitcom. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, it's um, I wouldn't say it's a bad movie. Um, it was just kind of generic and boring. And I, of course,
0: I love Sam Elliott. Who doesn't? But you I know, mean, that's that sounds like a real dog shit movie.
1: It's something that you. Might I love watch Mickey and... Rooney,
0: but I'll call dog shit when I see it. Yeah. It's
1: it's dull but fine. I, it's a bad time. All these movies I'm watching, I'm like, this is what I'm supposed to be considering.
0: Uh, you know, I don't vote for any of that bullshit. I do vote. I, I, play I take their, it kind of seriously.
1: I try to see everything, and
0: I don't play their game. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, that's all I got. All right, that's, that's fine. More way more than
1: I normally have. That's fine. That was plenty. We got through a lot there. My insomnia has uh, crept back,
0: so I'm seeing a lot more movies. It's worked out great for me. I'm going to uh, go into uh, Joe scary stuff because I have something for it. And this is something that you listeners, you fans of horror, are probably shocked to hear, will be shocked to hear, that I didn't already have. But I didn't already have it, and now I have it. I finally subscribed to Shudder. What was I thinking? Not doing this sooner. This fucking streaming service is fantastic. It's all horror movies and TV shows. It's like six ninety nine a month or something. And it might even be cheaper than that. And that's it. It's all horror all the time. And then there's a feature on the streaming app called Shutter TV where it's just like putting on the, a channel that just plays movies all day. It's awesome. Okay. It's fucking awesome. So what, but what is the appeal? What, what sets it apart from a
1: Netflix, which has a gigantic horror selection as
0: well? The, 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 there is, this is all, this is a Netflix. Well, I mean, I don't want to exaggerate, but it is a ass load of content and it's all horror it's no there is no horror library on any of the other services that comes anywhere close to this okay so this is like if you had hulu but it was nothing but horror
1: all right but like why wouldn't why what is the difference between going to the netflix horror section because this
0: is more horror
1: it, okay.
0: This All is right. like spinal tap cuz this one goes to 11. All right. The uh the,
1: the, it's But do they have ever like if you're like any horror movie they have it or they just have a wider selection? They
0: have a very different selection. <laughs> okay. And they have a much more um uh in my opinion niche selection. Okay. Uh and they break there's an there's an there's a category, there's an alphabetical categorial section you can go through that is so many sub categories of horror films right and it's great because you're like well i'm in the mood for exactly this yeah 1970s devil movie there's a section for it sure you know what i mean there's you want a horror comedy there's a section for it uh the entire tales from the dark side catalog is on there which if you don't own in my opinion that's worth the price of admission alone Great Steve Coogan show I never saw called Doctor Terrible's House of Horrible. That's really, really funny. And it's like okay. a, a spoof of the old hammer uh horror series. Sounds great. Um Fear Itself is on there, which was a short lived anthology series. It's just great. It's a great service. Okay. And uh-huh. it's and it's run by, I believe, AMC. Okay. So, you know, it's not you're not getting a bunch of bullshit. You know, look, a lot of that shit on Netflix is like Hey, hey, a a few guys got, you know, 25 grand together and it's on fucking net and it's terrible. Right. There's not a lot of that on there. I think this is all like mostly stuff you'd set your drink on. Right. In one way or the other. So uh, I, I, I recommend the service highly. All right. I will check it out.
1: Let me throw out a big spoiler warning and just say we're about to discuss Star Wars The Last Jedi. If you haven't seen it, wait till you have. Let's open it up. Joe and I just saw
0: it together. Yes. Joe, what did you think? Uh I liked it. Uh I'm I'm Look, I always go through this weird sort of de- de- depression period after I see a new Star Wars movie. One of the one of the main trilogy ones, I mean. I like it when I'm watching it. I enjoy it. Afterwards, I have a sadness because it feels like Christmas is done. It's like it's like I've, there's a lot of buildup and it's over very quickly. Right. Uh, so I always have to kind of much pro- like sex with you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. We we f- finished. We didn't even start. <laughs> uh, that's a come in the pants joke. Right. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, the uh, I liked it. Um, But it's it's it also takes I need to process shit after I see with Star Wars because everybody that loves Star Wars is going to have their fan theories and their ideas in their head. And, well, why did not it do this instead of that? Or I thought they were going to do this. Sure. So there's a lot of clutter that I have to kind of navigate my way through before I can start to sit back and actually rank the movie in how much I liked it against the other movies. That being said. It was it was great. I mean, I, I have no complaints. Uh, it is a very different Star Wars film. Yeah, which is was interesting, but also kind of strange. Like Rain, Ryan Johnson, Ryan, Ryan, however the fuck you say his name. Yeah,
1: he kind of bent it to be like a Ryan Johnson movie, and I'm I liked Brick. I hated the Brothers Bloom. I thought Looper was kind of cool, but not the biggest fan. I mean, this felt like one of his movies, especially for the first hour plus where
0: I was essentially checked out. It's very slow. I think the first hour was really for the, you know, the truest of star Wars fans. It's a lot of exposition and it's a lot of getting to know Luke Skywalker again and learning why he left and, you know, and why he's hiding and all that stuff. So I enjoyed it as a fan. Um, When it kicks in, it really kicks in hard. It was a lot of fun. There were parts where I literally got teary from excitement. There's a fantastic Yoda cameo, which I was. I mean, I was Pat. You sat next to me. I was giddy. I was like every
1: time I looked over at Joe. He had a
0: giant smile on his face. Um, It was unsettling. My favorite part in the whole thing is. And it's just an action sequence, really. But there's a part in the final showdown where it looks like the resistance, which they start calling the rebellion in this again, which is awesome. Uh-huh. Uh huh. There's a part where the where they're kind of getting the shit kicked out of them, and they think all hope is lost, and then Chewbacca sweeps in in the Millennium Falcon. That part was fucking awesome, and then he leads the Tie Fighters away from the Resistance fighters so so they can be you know safe, you know, have safe cover, whatever, whatever you do. He leads him into this cavern and it plays the trench run music from the very first Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. The music is like, bum, 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 bum. And I, I, I got really, that that was awesome. Like there were moments like that in the film where I was so excited. Yoda's return was, that was fucking fantastic. And appeared to be a puppet again. Yes, it was definitely a puppet. Yeah. Uh, Luke was awesome in it.
1: Um, I thought Luke was wildly boring until that last hour. And then I was like, this is so fucking cool. Um, yeah, he's pretty great. Luke, I, like for the first hour, I was like, OK, because I'm not the diehard Star Wars guy. I really felt like, oh, no, I'm watching a Mark Hamill movie. <laughs> um, That's how bored I was. Like, it just seemed like some generic Mark Hamill movie, but. At some point, I made just a, just a huge turn. I know the point. It was the scene where, um, uh, what is it, Kylo Ren and and Ray are uh, squaring off in the in the chambers. That room was awesome. Right. That Lord, of course, Andy Circus, because nobody else can play these fucking characters. Yeah, uh, that character was awesome. And from then on, it was gold. But like that moment when uh, they all fire at Luke. I love that they kept that insane performance of Adam Driver going like, More! and then uh, when Luke does the brush off his shoulder, I, I had a, probably the biggest laugh I had in a movie all year. I yeah, loved
0: You Yeah, really, you really, yeah, there's a scene where I uh, loved that. Several Imperial walkers, Luke comes out onto a battlefield and Adam Driver says, fire every gun we have at that man. Yeah. Uh, they shoot and then the, the dust settles and Luke is still standing there. Clean as a whistle, and he just does the like dirt off the shoulder. It was awesome move. It's a pretty. It's it's a single it's brush. Pretty
1: great. Yeah, um, and then the then one second later, there was another awesome bit that made me laugh out loud, which was uh, driver throws that henchman up against the wall. Uh, he yes, ha- like you know, G- give me speed or shoot some more or whatever. Right. And then the guy's like, I don't know if we can do that, sir. He throws him against the wall, and then the, this British extra in the front goes. Right away, sir. <laughs> La- laughed hysterically. At it was two yeah. great jokes right on top of each other.
0: <laughs> Loved it. Uh, there, were, there were one too many jokes. In the, I, I like those two quite a bit. There were one too many jokes in the movie, as, as with everything. I don't know why everybody thinks that in order to make something light now, it means it has to have jokes.
1: Well, it, how, how concerned were you? Because I was worried you were going to start shifting and twitching and... <laughs> When this movie essentially opened with a call waiting gag. Like,
0: how how close were you to Uh, losing your shit? I was not. I gave them the benefit of the doubt because it was Star Wars, but I was not thrilled. Yeah. Because Uh,
1: Star Wars usually doesn't go for that shit. Rogue One was a very serious movie.
0: Yeah. Well, I thought Force Awakens had too much comedy in it, too. And I like Force Awakens, but I felt like this was. I get it. I understood what they were trying to do. Empire is like that as well. Uh, Empire is very playful and very cute, yeah. and then it gets very dark. Yeah. So I get that. That's what they were sort of doing. Um, do you like the little gerbils? Yeah, I didn't mind that. I thought that was. I, I thought, thought they the, were adorable.
1: They yeah. did. They did one too many cuts to them, but uh, I, almost every time they cut to them, I liked it.
0: I thought it was endearing, and I yeah. liked that. I, I like that. I always like because it happens with the Ewoks and Jedi. I like when Chewbacca has, like, some weird bond with, like, a cute animal. Right. Uh, Well, He's an animal. Yeah, it's it's not... It's a good flick. Uh, There's a major cliffhanger at the end where it appears that Luke is dead. Uh Uh-huh. I can't imagine that is going to be the case given the fact that Carrie Fisher, in real life, has passed away. And, uh, obviously, she's not going to be in the next movie. I can't imagine they're going to go into this next movie without any of the old characters so i feel like what it's going to turn out to be is that luke is not dead he has just sort of transcended to a new level of the force or whatever i didn't Uh, even
1: take away from it that he was dead i i don't have a sci-fi mind but you and heather my girlfriend saw it with us you both thought he was dead well i mean
0: he he exerts himself into the force or with the force in like a way that no jedi ever has right and then he disappears yeah and his cloak floats away, and that's how you, when Yoda that's dies, that's what happens. And but then but, Yoda's in this, exactly. So I think like I think like Obi Wan and Yoda came back as Force Ghosts. I think Luke literally was like, and I think that's why there was all that talk at the beginning of like, that's not what the Force is. Right, the Force is this other thing. It doesn't belong to the Jedi, right. and I think that's kind of why it's called the Last Jedi because it's the Jedi are going to be something bigger than this now. Right. That's what I think. Let me ask you this: Do you like? I think the weak link
1: to these new Star Wars movies is the characters. Do you like Finn?
0: Yeah, I like Finn. I like Ray. I like Ray a lot.
1: Finn bores the shit out of me. The new Asian girl in this, I forget her name.
0: I liked her a lot too. Rose
1: bored me in, bored me sideways. I thought she was good. Uh, I like Ray quite a bit, um,
0: and I like Oscar Isaac in it too.
1: I think he's fine, but also boring. I got to be honest. Like what what this movie lacked for me was that just unquestionable star power of a Harrison Ford because Carrie Fisher appeared sort of half asleep in this
0: movie. <laughs> well, that's just how she sounds now. Yeah, it's weird. Like, Did her- she get
1: a reverse nose job where or was it just blown out from coke? Because she appeared to have, like, a big, like, Artie Lang-style coke nose as opposed to her. Well, own.
0: I mean, I don't know if she ever st- – I don't know. She did cocaine sp- right up to the end. Yeah, I don't want to speak out of school, but, I mean, she – her voice just – that's like – that's a Pacino-Godfather thing. It's like yeah. – that's one of the problems with Godfather 3 is you can't – it's not the same guy anymore. Right, right. You know, Godfather 1 and 2, Pacino's like – just never 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 stand up against a family and then the third yeah. one he's like, Hey pull me back it you're like yeah. it's not the same human being anymore. Yeah. So that's 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 one thing that's tough with, with the Carrie Fisher thing. I'm surprised there's a scene where it's very apparent that she's dead. Yeah. And then she's not dead. I'm surprised they didn't just run with that, but I felt like they felt it was very important to show her reunite with Luke one one last time. Well, that was nice. Uh,
1: I thought yeah L- Laura the Laura and I love Laura Dern. Laura Dern should have been cut out of the movie. I mean what what was that in there for? Yeah. It was it was lame and like their their last moment of like like an emotional beat between them I'm like what what are they even talking about? I was so bored by that.
0: I uh I thought it, look, it kept me guessing. There were some red herrings in the movie mm-hmm. and I get it. That's that's Star Wars. I liked uh I like that they made you think that Lara Dern was probably uh, a spy for the First Order and then you realize she actually was yeah uh, doing everything she could for the resistance. I like that Benicio I like Benicio del Toro's character, Ooh, if I hated that.
1: Did and you? And I I love Benicio del Toro and I was so excited he was in this. I hated his character. I feel like my takeaway from this was that, like in the editing room, they picked like a few of his best moments, and everything else was unusable because this this performance is so lazy as to be almost like he's like "fuck you," I don't want to be here. I thought he's, t- I, I thought he sucked. I in don't, it, I don't agree. I thought he, it.
0: I thought he played like a weird, like sort of con man kind of thing. And I, I liked him. Ugh, I liked him. Here's the thing, though. This is the thing that's that's not. Doesn't seem to be happening in these new films. These new films are great. Yeah, you all know how much I love Star Wars. I'm happy to have them. I'm going to be probably Star Wars out after the final film in this trilogy. I'm happy Abrams is coming back. I thought Ryan Johnson did a great job. I thought J.J. Abrams did a better job of capturing the spirit of Star Wars. Um, I. Look forward to him doing something bigger with the third film which he says he is he says he wants to go way bigger than he did in the first one and and he wants to go deeper into it and everything so I think it's going to be pretty cool but I think after that movie I'm kind of done because it just doesn't these movies are so clearly not just Star Wars it's everything they're so clearly meddled with by these fucking executives and these notes and these uh-huh. rewrites and all this bullshit. It's obvious. I mean, yeah. it's just obvious. It's like there's clearly, do I like the porgs? Yeah, they're cute. Yeah. it is. There's no reason for those things to be in the movie.
1: There, there Zero were reason. There were, you know, 10 moments that I thought were so egregious, like Luke squeezing the nipple of greenish milk into a mug and drinking it i was like what am i watching here <laughs> then the when they're at the casino which was a a real miscalculation of a scene and that that dwarf is putting coins in bb8 yeah
0: and then bb 8 like shoots the coins out later i'm like even
1: your dumbest kid is not laughing at this it's not comic
0: relief so what is this well, and that was one of the other things I, I I liked. That was one of the other things that I liked more about the J.J. J. Abrams approach was there were there was a lot more CGI in this. It was a lot yeah. It was it was a lot more obvious. Like things were being green screened and and uh, I mean I felt when I watched The Force Awakens, I was like that that whole thing felt real to me. I never felt like one thing mm-hmm. was computer generated or anything. You preferred Force Awakens to this. Yeah, I mean, look, Han Solo will always and forever be my favorite Star Wars character, and right. he's not in this, you know. So yeah. uh, I, I, you know, and I, I was excited to see Luke come back, but it's a very excited to see Luke come back, but it's a very different take on Luke. It's not. I thought they did better shit with Luke
1: in this one, in the last half, than they did with Solo and Force Awakens, because I. Uh, that han solo was never given that moment like he like that i might be making too much of this brush off the shoulder moment but that whole scene i was like it's one of my favorite scenes in all of star wars
0: (laughs) yeah it was great i love the movie look the movie's great it's not it's not a bad movie by any stretch it's it's a great movie but uh it's um this is what i mean i always have to sit back and kind of process it yeah are you gonna go again bro yeah i'll probably go tomorrow (laughs) And watch it again. Because I, yeah. I, I have my, these tickets I paid for because I bought them before I had Movie Pass. But now right. I have Movie Pass. They just go whenever the fuck I feel like it. Well, you can only see a movie one. You can buy a ticket to another movie. but yeah. If you do
1: a Movie Pass, you can only see a movie one time. Well, I can see this at least one more time That's then, true. for free. As far as I'm concerned, I felt exactly the same way about it as I did Rogue One, which was an almost unwatchable first hour to me, a guy who's not crazily obsessed with Star Wars followed by an hour that was so awesome it made the previous boring hour irrelevant i thought the the ending of this was just pure gold for a straight hour uh same with rogue one i think phantom menace was in more entertaining movie start to finish phantom menace or I'm, force awakens uh, f- excuse me folks geez what a slip <laughs> of the tongue force awakens uh uh-huh. uh um but you know i i'd love to see one that's just this entered as as entertaining as this last hour all the way through maybe that's a prohibitively expensive movie to make i don't know
0: no i don't think so i feel like i feel like they had a lot they had to clean up in this and they had a lot not clean up but they had a lot to justify and execute and uh and i feel like the third one will probably be the most fun and heroic of the three uh excited to say but i'm bummed out that It's not going to have Han Solo. It's not going to have Princess Leia, and it might not have Luke fucking Skywalker.
1: Right. So, and I got to tell you, the people they have remaining are not enough to keep a movie afloat. If I'm watching Finn, well, you know, Driver and Ray, um, I like.
0: Yeah, and they killed Snoke too. Snoke was awesome. So it's (laughs) they really they really clean the uh yeah cleanse the palette with this one and so it's like it's if like i gotta
1: watch dern and i of course i love oscarized dead oh yeah that's right yeah um was lupita nyonga oh and they killed phasma they killed uh uh Gwendolyn christie is that the silver woman yeah yeah well who was lupita nyonga
0: oh she's um i saw her name in the credits i was like she, she wasn't in this she's uh yeah she is she's she's um what's her face um She's the lady with the the alien lady with the goggles in the first one, Maz or whatever her name is. Oh, Maz, yeah, me Maz. And I, that's the name of my. Cat. So she's she's <laughs> in this, but she's only in it for like a second, and um, she it looked nothing like, of course, Lup- Lupita Nyong'o. No, no, she was an like alien. A, she's yeah. like a tiny blue right. alien. But I think that they're gonna. I think she's going to play a more significant part because there's still questions from Force Awakens they didn't answer in this. Right. And I also don't believe that Ray... There's a scene where Adam Driver finally says who Ray's parents are, and he just goes, he just goes, they're they're, they're trash. They they, they were right. nothing. They sold you for drinking money. They're tr- they're You're nothing. Yeah. I don't think that that was real. I think that that was, uh, again, another red hair. I think he's trying to misguide her in some way. Right. Uh, so I feel like in the third film, there's still going to be some cool reveals. I feel like we still might get a nice little Obi-Wan cameo. Yeah. Uh, I feel like um, I just wish everyone was performing
1: at a driver level, you know, like and I don't even always love that guy. But like he's 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 out to make a memorable character. I mean, Th- Finn and it's not the actor's fault that character is written. They, they give him nothing. He's given nothing to play.
0: Well, it's it's a lot of characters. It's too many characters. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so uh, it's it's um, so I you know I mean maybe that's why they killed a bunch of people, but right. they killed all my favorite characters. Yeah. Actually, so, I
1: love that actor in uh, Attack the Block, John Boyega. But
0: yeah, he's a great actor. It's, man, in
1: this, I, I just every time he's on, I'm like give him something.
0: I thought they I thought they took Poe Dameron, which is Oscar Isaac's character, to a necessary level in this film. I felt like in the first in Force Awakens, he was just sort of the like flyboy whatever pilot that came in and was like slick and and got the job done. In this one I liked that he was willing to commit treason mm-hmm. to to be, to save the resistance and I felt like they brought him to a necessary level. Not that end to him either. I feel like he's just a poor man solo, which is obviously probably how he was conceived. But, but uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens in the next one. But I liked it, and uh, I, I certainly I would put it above Phantom Menace. Absolutely. I would put it above... I
1: put it above clones without hesitation.
0: I think I would put it above clones. I mean, I don't know. You know, I like a lot of shit in clones because clones is the same thing that we're talking about. The first half of clones is a lot of corny. This doesn't have a lot of corny shit in it, but like clones has like a lot of corny, boring shit in the first half. Yeah. And then, like as soon as Obi Wan gets to, uh, the the um El Camino, the rain planet, it, it gets starts to get like awesome, and it's f- super fun and and. Yeah. It so, w- it's
1: not this awesome, not not as awesome as the back half of this movie.
0: But uh, all right, I'll put it above for now. I'll put it above Clones, but I don't think I'd put it above Sith. I don't think I'd put it. Ab- maybe maybe Jedi. I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough call. I'll put it. I put it over Rogue One. I'd want to see this again. Sure. Uh, more or I'd want to watch this more frequently than Rogue One. But uh, you're right. It did. It was paced very similarly to Rogue One. Yeah. Um. I liked it. I liked it. I'm not, I hope I'm not putting up the vibe that I didn't care for it. I just, uh, it's a lot to process. Yeah. And I uh, didn't give a
1: shit about half of it and really loved the other half. It. But, folks, uh, for those of you, and that's very few of you at this point who complain about us riffing too much and not talking about movies, I, I, got, I direct you to this one. We talked about nothing but movies for what feels like four hours. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you enjoyed uh, The Last Jedi. We'll and, see you uh, next time. I well, am on. Hold on. Joe's I got to I I
0: give you the shout outs. I just said. Joe, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm on sorry. Twitter
1: and Instagram at the Patrick Walsh. Joe is on Instagram, but it links to Twitter at Joe Rosa comedy. Yeah. And you can still follow me on Twitter. I just don't. Yeah.
0: And uh, any plugs, Joe? Uh, not at the moment. Just okay. my penthouse column. You let me down every month in penthouse. Check that out. Uh, I am
1: also uh in penthouse this month fucking a, a Filipino woman.
0: Um a full-bushed Filipino woman. Yeah. And uh, uh, and the 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 uh the, the spread is called Cumjulties of War. Oh my god. <laughs> Holy cow. Uh All right. It's, it's called A Now. Oh. Uh, shout outs, folks. Derek Clark, Anthony V. Manito, a.k.a. Party McFly, Philip Rashad, David Bellinger, Tyler Zach, Kurt Zeigler, Jenna, Hunter McDonald, Zero Foxtrot Clothing, John Wolt, Justin Bohager, Nate Roundtree, Adam Bembenick, Manny Rios, Demanio Rubio, Brendan Gash, Edmund Agabo, Paul Pickery, Jake Ferrot, I think, Chris Lind, Tony Quinn, Rob Lines, Danny Rudd, Jacob Barrett, Jordan C., Maxwell Ashcroft, Ryan Kohler, Joshua Christensen, Barbara Allen, Jonathan Face, Rebecca Cohen, Smelly Bubbles, Chris Bowen, Mike Gibbons, Donnie Joyce, Michael Dawson, Jennifer Smith, Luke Henderson, Hader Nick Waither, Leah Vaughn, Connor De- Dennehy, Michael, just Michael, Stephen Kaupa, or Koopa, Kevin Swi- Swistowitz, Swisterwicks, Swisterwicks, I think that is, Thomas Koza, Anthony J. Guajardo, Annie Johannesson, Timmy Kay, Sean Florent, Dolores Martinez, Will Foley, Megan Leibrand, Scott Blickensderferer. Alec Walker, Brett Wermer. Oh no, sorry, Brett Wemer, Tristan, Tristan Carlson, Lars Sexton, Anthony Guajardo, Brett Klinkner, Alex Lowe, Weston Thomas Vidie. That's the one that we can never say, man. I don't know how to say that. H V I D H Y L D. You gotta look up wherever he told us. I can't re- I don't remember where he told us. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. You know what we, we we you know what we're trying to do over here. Yeah. Jared Blair, Josh Smallridge, Richie Verdugo, Chris Hopper, Emily Griffith, Emily Florence, Sean L. Jordan Parker, Dave Comerick, Abby Manuel, Kim D'Angelo, Jonathan Galat, Michael McBee, Carla O, oh, Stephanie Power, Sterling Abrigo, Jeron Sanderson, Diego Campos. Stefan Mousseau, uh, Zoe Blazkovic, Edmund Dilland, Asley or Azel, Asley I think it is, Kvinisland, Kav- uh, A- Azel Kvinisland or Asley Kvinisland, Dan McLeod, Lorenz Bunganeers Alejandro Salgado, Papa Spoosh, Tegan McLeod, Matthew Little, Tracy Reddington, Sean Thomas, Amanda Alzamora, Jason Weibel, Michael Curry, Drew Spindler, Andrew Covell, Sam Mitchell, Aaron Milanowski, Scott Nolan, Jackie Gertz, Greg Sorensen, Benjamin Tahia, Misty Zavar, Brandon Nocky, Dajne Wilford, Johnny Ferg, Matthias Paljo, Superfan Giovanni, Michael Gold, Danielle Dewar, Eric Lamora, Michael Madrigal, go to Mr. Suit Records in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Stephen Reese, Walter Keegan, Kevin Marcinic, Erica Branning, Lawrence Anderson, Jared Smallridge, Zach Schoendorf, Will Potterf, Natalie Craig, Nathan Basket, Anthony, just Anthony, Kyle Kinsland, Brooke Adams, the man whose name we cannot speak. Ani Babaduk, Scott Patton, Reed Ascetic, Brian Bellarier, I believe it is, Barbama, Emma Lee Marvel, Robert Pearson, Boring Dan Clark, Michael Iao, Max Unrath, Heighton Davidson, Brian England, and John Weisengruber. Guys, it is such an overwhelmingly long and supportive list. We thank you so much. Thank you uh, very much, everybody. And I hope I'm doing your names justice better with each time we do this. Uh, we're overwhelmed by your generosity. I mean that. We mean that. Thank you for everything. Uh, and Merry we-
1: Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy New Year.
0: We hope to see you soon, and we'll see you in hell. That was a Headgum podcast.